and welcome to another episode of the Adjusting to Life podcast, where inspiration comes to life. I'm your host, Dr. Marilla Gore, and today I'll be talking with Mr. Kirk Lamont, a cancer survivor from Marietta, Georgia. Hello, Mr. Lamont, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. Um, So if you could, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name's Kirk Lamont. I live in Marietta, Georgia, originally from New York City. And I've been in Georgia for almost 40 years. And I currently work in the car business, uh, use car sales. So obviously you've been pretty busy. Um, So when were you diagnosed with cancer? I I was diagnosed with cancer the end of March, 2022. The type of cancer that you have is bladder cancer? It is bladder cancer. Okay. Um, so did you have any symptoms prior to your diagnosis? Prior to my diagnosis, I had no recognizable symptoms. Um, I woke up one particular morning and went to the bathroom, and it was a bloody mess, which is how I knew I had a problem. Um, from there is when I started making my doctor's appointments. Okay, so at that point, you, um, did you go to the ER or did you? I did not. From, from that point, I contacted my primary care who urged me to come see her. I did, and she referred me to a urologist, which is kind of where I need, knew I needed to go, but uh, I guess I still needed a referral. Um went to the urologist and we did a scope and the scope revealed that I had a tumor in my bladder mm-hmm. and the urologist explained to me that 98% of the time when there's a tumor there, it's cancerous and we'll have to do a biopsy just to make sure what's going on. So um, when you got your diagnosis, how did this impact your family? Um, when I told my family, it was devastating, but it was quite some time before I actually shared the news with them because I wanted to go through all of my biopsies and doctor's appointments and scopes and um, everything to make sure it was 100% cancer before I alerted everyone. And if you could share, why did you decide to wait to let them know versus just and of course, I'm think, talking about your um, immediate family. So you didn't tell them right away until you knew for sure that you. That you Correct. Correct. And, why and I, 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 I paused because there were various members, family members that were going on vacation and just living life. And I didn't want to interrupt that process because I felt like if I immediately came out, and said it, that everybody would have put their life on pause, and I wasn't ready for that to happen. Now, during that time when you got the diagnosis, um, what were your thoughts at the time? Did you think about um, that possibility, oh my goodness, my life could be over, or you're just, you know what, I got to fight no matter what. Let me find out what the next step is. I I am definitely a fighter. 
um, in all facets. Um, but yeah, my immediate thought was, okay, what do we need to do? How are we going to accomplish this? I like to, I like to think of it as, <clears throat> um, I, I am a, I am a religious person. Um, my worship may be a little bit different than the traditional worship. And when I say that, I mean, my worship comes a lot through music. Okay. Um, and I, I take great comfort in listening to my gospel music and, 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 and thinking of my salvation that way. And one of the things, one of the things that came to my mind was um, I'm being told that I have a 98% chance that this tumor is cancerous. And, you know, you get home and nobody knows but yourself. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, excuse me, lady, do you have a closet? Because I need to call my doctor. Okay. okay. I know exactly what song you were talking, you're talking about. Yes. So my doctor and I had a lot of conversations at that point. My heavenly doctor. Yes, yes. So your faith played a crucial role in your, uh, in your journey. Still does. Still does. All right. So you got your diagnosis. It's confirmed started a series of treatment. Did you go through chemo and radiation or just radiation? What did you <clears throat> well, I started with the urologist telling me I needed to have my bladder removed. And I asked him, what do we do in lieu of that? Mm -hmm. And he said, we do nothing. We'll go ahead mm -hmm. and put a port on the side of your gut and you'll relieve yourself like that for the rest of your life. That was devastating news to me. Um, he wanted to schedule me with the surgeon so we can go ahead and get that done first and foremost. Uh, again, I went to the closet and talked to my doctor. Right. And um, through a lot of soul searching, I came to the decision that I've had a great life and um, I don't think that's for me. So I elected not to do that surgery. <clears throat> In the meantime, the doctor was very upset with me that I elected not to do that, but it was my decision and right. I stood strong on that. So um, after that, I got with my oncologist and we decided that the first thing we need to do is chemotherapy. Um, we did chemotherapy for, oh, three and a half months worth of treatments. Um, after that, um, we went ahead and did chemotherapy slash radiation. Um, went through a lot of trials and tribulations. That was not an easy treatment. And um, coming to the end of my chemo radiation, 
we cannot find any more cancer. And that was as of January 3rd okay. this year. And I've had several scans and scopes throughout the year, and we still cannot find any more cancer. Praise God. God doesn't do a half job. <laughs> the mighty God we serve. Yes. Congratulations. You contacted me because you said you, you listened to the podcast. What was it about the podcast that caught your attention? Well, as you can tell, I am pretty much a very, um, I don't know that reserved is the right word to use, but I pretty much keep to myself. And one thing that I've learned throughout this journey is that in listening to people in your podcast and other people aside from your podcast, the ability to listen to what other people go through is a great help. And if I can do anything to help anybody in the situation that I just came through, I am all about it. Awesome. Well, yep, I'm glad you contacted me. I'm glad you're sharing your, your testimony. You know, I, I just believe that it will help someone else. Um, I know um, one thing in particular, I know you waited to share with your family what was going on, um, but um, you still said you would not, would you still wait to let them know, or would you tell them soon? I would probably still wait to let them know, just because um I'm that stubborn slash ignorant slash whatever title you want to put on it. Um, they would be extremely angry with me when they hear that I would still wait. But um, I am what I am, what I am, what I am. Okay. Okay. Have to respect that. Um, what was the most difficult part of your journey and how did you overcome that? What would you say out of everything that you went through, what was the most difficult part? Okay. Somewhere through this treatment, um, when I was going through the initial scopes and diagnosis and biopsy and everything, I developed a urinary tract infection. Um, recognized it was a urinary tract infection and got antibiotics for that. Mm-hmm. Unbeknown to me, the antibiotics did not work. Um, so at one point in um, April, end of April, beginning of May, I started having... chills but the chills were so bad it was almost like i was having a seizure i could not stop shaking and didn't understand that's the first time anything like that has happened to me so the first time it happened it probably took 30 minutes to stop shaking my body warm up get back to normal um 
me that that's the first time it's ever happened to me. I really didn't think anything was wrong other than the fact that I was just chilled. Um, and then about two weeks after that, it happened again and went through the same procedure. The last time it happened was at the point of my second chemotherapy treatment. I go to the infusion center and I'm sitting there and they give me a saline solution at first. And after the saline solution, I started having the chills and I started shaking and I am in Piedmont's medical system and I've got every doctor in the world looking at me, which they decided at that point, uh, we're not going to do chemo today and that I needed to go to the emergency room. Went to the emergency room. By the time I get to the emergency room, I'm feeling better. But I'm telling the emergency room physician that we need to figure out what's wrong with me. And I am not leaving this hospital until we figure it out. Well, let's make a long story short. Um, my urinary tract infection, um, it went backwards from my bladder to my kidneys, through my kidneys and above my kidneys, it rested in my spine and it was a septic bone infection. Um, which unbeknown to me, but I was told it was probably um, very close to being fatal. Um, but I spent 19 days in the hospital. First time I'd ever been hospitalized for anything. I spent 19 days in the hospital and antibiotics, infused antibiotics. It was, it was quite an ordeal. And, um, it was a total of two and a half months worth of antibiotics every day. And at one point they told me that we're not, we're not going to do any more chemo treatments until we figure out this infection. And I told them, no way, Jose, we got to do them both at the same time. And through a lot of my urging, they agreed we'll do them both at the same time. And I did my infection, my antibiotics, and my chemo all at the same time. But that was probably my roughest part. Thank God you're fine. Well, you know, everybody's journey is different, but I think everybody's a pinnacle in each person's uh, treatment. I mean, you have to really just uh, really rely on God. You have people around that it's like you really got to push and just trust God, trust the process and know he's going to bring you through. You know, the phrase, trust God, mm -hmm. the phrase, put it in his hands, yeah. the phrase, let your faith lead you, um, has increased in my mind tenfold of anything I ever thought it could be going through this process. Is there a particular scripture that really just encouraged you or a particular song that encouraged you as you went through? 
whereas you could see <clears throat> you know um it's for me it's like every day there's a new song um today has been new old songs um i did a lot of um fred hammond today okay. um i i'm, I'm, I'm I, I like his music a lot um i did a little of uh Leandra Johnson, I think yeah, is her yeah. name. Um, yes. Did a lot of This Is My Exodus. Um, okay. So every day it's something different, but I, I get stuck on a particular song mm -hmm. and I will, I will wear it out. <laughs> I understand. I like gospel, gospel music too. I like the old gospel songs too. If anybody knows me, know I love the old gospel. But yeah. yeah you, um, so do you normally you hear that song and then you just play it over and over and over again? Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm not the only one. I don't feel bad. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm not the no, only I one. Wear it out. I love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, another question for you. So what would you say was your biggest self-discovery or revelation after you, after your diagnosis or your Looking back over everything that you've gone through already, what would you say was your biggest self-discovery or revelation about yourself or your life? Um, I've always said and always believed that I am not afraid to die. And going through this whole process, I can tell you that I am not afraid to die. But I tell you what my fear lies. My fear is leaving my loved ones behind hurting. I cannot stand the thought that one, they're hurting, and two, they're hurting over me. So, I guess we could say that's a fear, but that was a very big fear, and um, still is a fear, but every day it gets better. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've interviewed quite a few people, and I've talked to a lot of cancer patients, and I noticed that the common thread or the common um, thing when it comes to life after death, and those who believe God and that one day we're going to go to heaven. Um, but one thing's for sure, when you diagnose a cancer, that initial thought, um, God, I'm just not ready to go. I want to come, but I'm not ready to go right now. And then that fear of dying, if you had it in the beginning, and God is taking you through this faith walk, through him, through this journey where you go through the treatment and, you, and you're still allowed to be here for a few more days, um, those who have gone through, including myself, uh, realize that fear, if there was any, don't have it now. I was fortunate um, to have the upbringing that I did. I had a mother who had a PhD in early childhood education. 
she actually started a school in New York City for the intellectually gifted. And to this day, my mother's been gone 27 years. But to this day, I still rely on a lot of things that she taught me. One of the most important things that she taught me was death is not a bad thing. She said, we spend all of our lives praising the Almighty and believing that there is a utopia at the end of earthly life. Um, So... It being what we believe, we should be excited about the afterlife. Um, so I never viewed death as a bad thing. And that, that, that feeling actually helped me out a lot when she passed. Um, but that's me. And I try to instill that feeling in my family and my kids and all of that stuff, but I still know that they're going to hurt, and that bothers me more than anything. Yeah, I think that's a, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, I think I know whenever I find that was my first thing I think when I had my daughter and my second son, but it is the uh, I think like you said that is the biggest issue because you don't want them hurting. What advice would you give to someone who has completed their cancer treatment? Now, are you having any type of side effects from your treatment? Or glad, glad you asked that, because I was about to answer that question by saying, I don't know that you ever complete your treatment. Um, you get, uh, your, your treatment gets longer and longer or, or further spread apart, meaning um, we're going to check you every month, and then we're going to check you every three months, and then we're going to check you every six months, and then you'll have your annual checkups, and on and on and on and on. So do you ever really complete your treatment? Um, I don't know. But the advice I would give anybody is, no matter how tough that road gets, do what you got to do. Now, I've always been, I've always been a person, you know, they talk about men and men not going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I've never been that guy. I've been the guy that I, I pay so much for health insurance, I'm going to use it. Um, but I would advise anybody to go to the doctor and do what you have to do no matter how difficult it sounds, no matter how tiring it sounds, do what you got to do because it beats leaving your family with that feeling. And then at the end of, at the, end of the day, call me if you need a hand. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right, so um, is there anything else, any question that I did not ask you that you would like to, um, to answer? I think we covered everything, and I think my testimony is we serve a mighty God. I'll leave you with this thought. Going through my chemotherapy treatment, 
I befriended a guy. Um, his name was Joe. Um, Joe was a nice guy and had a nice wife. And, you know, I'm told that Joe really never opens up to anybody. But some reason, Joe and I just started talking. You know, he asked me where I'm from. I asked him where he's from. And we just developed this little friendship. Our friendship never extended outside the chemo infusion center, but we were always in the chemo infusion center. So that's how that developed. And then I looked across the room and the minister that married me a hundred years ago was sitting and getting chemotherapy. And I was like, wow. So I went over and we talked to him and, you know, he's doing his thing. Um, subsequently, Joe lost his life. They got to the point he had kidney cancer. They got to the point there was nothing else they could do for him, and he lost his life. Also, the minister also lost his life. Um, great guy, great church, great congregation. Um, but he's going to his heavenly home also. And it stops me and makes me think, well, let me say this. I found out through Joe's funeral that Joe was also a minister. I had no idea when we started talking to each other, but Joe was also a minister, um, which made me stop and think. We have these two men of the cloth who have gone to their heavenly home, yet the sinner is still here. Makes me wonder what the Lord has in store for me next, because it's got to be something. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, time will tell. And obviously, you're still here for a reason. And I'm ready for the fight. Absolutely. Praise God. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to keep in touch. And, um, Absolutely. We need to pray for each other, and let's see what God has in store next. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Lamont, for being with me today. Dr. Gore, I thank God for you. I thank God for you as well. As I close the show today, I hope you were inspired and encouraged, and thanks for joining me. Please be sure to follow, share, and stay tuned for the upcoming episode for another inspirational interview. If you or someone you know has been diagnosed with a life-altering health condition and is in need of mental, emotional, and spiritual Please visit ljgm.org to find out more about the Lorona Johnson Ministry Support Group Miracles in Motion. you need is just a click or call away. If you have an inspiring testimony or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, I would love to hear from you. Until the next time, be encouraged and never stop believing.